The Etheria Society proudly presents this series of podcasts in tribute to the 50th anniversary of the giving of the Twelve Blessings. The following podcast is on the first blessing, Blessed Are They Who Work for Peace. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at the European headquarters in London, England. The co-hosts were the Right Reverend Dr. Richard Lawrence, the Executive Secretary of the European Headquarters, and the Reverend Brian Kniep, the Executive Secretary of the American Headquarters. Well, hello and welcome to the first of 12 podcasts that we're putting on to mark the 50th anniversary of the giving of the 12 blessings. And the 12 blessings, I think uh, most people who will be hearing this podcast know, are wonderful teachings given by the Master Jesus through Dr. George King. I'm Brian Kniep. I'm the Executive Secretary of the Ethereum Society on the American Jurisdiction. And with me as my co-host today is the Right Reverend Dr. Richard Lawrence, who is the Executive Secretary of the European Jurisdiction of the Ethereum Society. Welcome, Richard. Thank you very much, Brian. I'd like to welcome the Reverend Brian Kniep here to this very, very special venue, which is the holy place where the Twelve Blessings was actually delivered 50 years ago. And we are seated in the exact position that His Eminence Sir George King sat when he entered a deep yogic, samadhic trance condition and became the channel for the New Age teachings of the Master Jesus we know as the Twelve Blessings. And seated here we actually have on the table in front of us the very microphone that His Eminence spoke into as he channeled those great cosmic teachings. And for those techies out there, that is a ribbon microphone. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, the 12 blessings were actually delivered 52 years earlier than they were originally intended, which is very exciting for us now because we are now leading up in two years' time to the time when they would have been given. They were given early through compassion and thanks to the outstanding abilities of His Eminence, and we've had them, and they are there to be used, they are there to be practised. But there was another reason, at least one other reason, was more than one other, but there was one other reason why they were delivered, and that was to save this part of the world where we now are, which is the England, Scotland and Wales. In fact, the Master Etherius stated before they were delivered on July the 10th, the continuance of England, Scotland and Wales will depend upon several factors, the most important factor being the energy released during this operation. And the operation he was referring to there was the giving of the 12 blessings. That's a staggering thing when you think about it, uh, because knowing these blessings and how how important they have become to the world and the Ethereum Society, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's an amazing extension of his Sermon on the Mount to say that the most important aspect was something entirely different from the teachings themselves. Yes, exactly. And of course, that's something that His Eminence always used to stress about the Master Jesus too, that 
the main aspect of his mission on earth wasn't the giving of the wonderful teachings that he did give when he was among us, but the mission he performed, which was to save the planet at the time. That's a very good point. Also, it illustrates a little bit about um, the overall philosophy of the Ethereum Society, in that our master, Dr. King, often states that the Ethereum Society moves beyond the kindergarten of theory into the uh, upper school's practice. Yes. And it, uh, that's what we talk about in many different aspects of the Ethereum Society. Indeed. As a matter of fact, the Ethereum Society, this very day, throughout the world, uh, in all the continents of the world, and I'm very pleased to say, actually, at this recording, we have one of our ministers and organizers from Nigeria, uh, the Western Nigerian branch, and throughout Africa, throughout Europe, throughout America, New Zealand, Australia, and parts of Asia, people this day will actually be practicing and devoting themselves in service and sending out energy in to do with the blessing that we are talking about today, the first blessing. Now that brings me uh, back to another point I wanted to bring up, and that is if you want to take the next step in the 12 blessings, we encourage you to, if you don't already have a copy of the book, is get the book by all means and start practicing it. But also, for the 50th anniversary, we're, we are releasing an album of the CDs yeah. of the original transmissions themselves. And this is a very special album. It will include the transmissions just before each blessing, given by a member of the Great White Brotherhood, St. Guling. It will also include certain aspects, uh, one transmission by uh, Mars Sector 6, and a transmission by the Master Therius mm-hmm. on the importance of the Twelve Blessings. Mm. And with this album, you can tune into the power radiated by the Master Jesus, and you can then be a great help to the world by radiating your power with this, this mystic practice. Yes, because when the Twelve Blessings were delivered, His Eminence chose to deliver them in a deep mediumistic trance. He was overshadowed, which meant that we actually get the voice and the intonation and the feeling of the Master Jesus. And just reeling back there to the points that Brian was making, the master from the Great White Brotherhood, Saint Guling, uh, who's also the keeper of the seal for the spiritual hierarchy of Earth, the Great White Brotherhood is, of course, that order of ascended masters, uh, many of whom are not white and not all of whom are men, So it's not um, perhaps what the title might suggest nowadays, but the Great White Brotherhood is the most advanced earth masters, male and female from all races, backgrounds, who have actually been through the initiation of ascension. And I should add also, as well as the album that, that Brian was referring to there, an album is also being released of the lectures that his eminence gave about these uh, 12 blessings to mark the 50th anniversary, also on CD. And we're going to be playing some extracts during this podcast and throughout the podcast series of words spoken by his eminence about the 12 blessings, most of which are on this album. And we're going to start now, I think, with our first extract, which is the words of the very master who channeled the 12 blessings, his eminence, Sir George King. Now, before the Twelve Blessings were given, certain direct action had to be taken, and certain rules were laid down and we had to stick to them. The 
Twelve blessings were given, one every Sunday for twelve weeks. I may not speak to any man or woman during the whole, a whole day, that means from twelve midnight Saturday, to the blessings were given at seven o'clock, I believe, in the evening. I was not allowed to speak to any man or woman during that time, and I kept silence. I ate little or nothing during the whole time the blessings were given to the earth. I practiced pranam, which is the control of the universal life force through mystic control of the breath and various other practices during this time in order to purify my very, very ordinary earth cellular structure so that I might become somewhat good enough channel for this great being. Not that I believe I was a good enough channel, by the way. Don't run away with that idea. Don't run away with the idea that George King stands here proudly in front of you, boasting about the fact that he was overshadowed by Jesus. I'll boast about the fact that Jesus gave the twelve blessings, yes, but not my part in it, which was next to nothing, absolutely an insignificant part. Any man who practiced yoga for a few hundred lives could have done the same. I think that uh, that's a great, a great extract. That's one of my favorite lines, anyone who practiced <laughs> yoga for a few hundred lives, yes. Uh, you know, it, it really illustrates several things, but it illustrates Dr. King's humility. Absolutely, yes. Um, but it also illustrates, I think, if one reads behind the lines, and not very far behind the lines, that uh, Dr. King was a very special and unique individual. Mm -hmm. And these days, you know, you often hear a lot about channelers. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I could, you could tell me some stories and I could tell you yes. some stories about yes. well, who we've run into. Yes. And many, many people are channeling uh, so-called beings from all over the galaxy, for mm -hmm. that matter. Mm -hmm. But the key is that Dr. King went through these many, many years of deep yoga study in this life, and of course many lives previous, so that he could so control his mind that he could guarantee an extremely high accuracy of the information coming through. And I think that's the biggest difference between the channeled information that we have in the Ethereum Society and I believe anyone else that I have found anywhere in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And he gave, a, I think, a, a very simple but extremely profound way of discriminating about people who claim to channel, whoever they claim to channel, when he said that a medium is able to channel an entity who is roughly on the same level as themselves. Now, of course... His eminence wasn't saying in any way that he's on the same level as the Master Jesus, but he was able, as a result of his yoga training and the fact that he'd entered samadhi, the deepest state of meditation anyone can attain, excluding cosmic consciousness, he was able to enter the le a level which the Master Jesus could use. And this is a very good yardstick because you can see people who over a weekend claim to have become mediums and the next day they say they can channel... Count St. Germain or whoever it may be and it's a clear way of discriminating really uh, which he gave us I think. That's very important because uh, again we're also told that discrimination is very key mm -hmm. uh, in these days of 
many teachers, shall we say. Yes. And uh, discrimination is absolutely essential. And that, that's one thing that we're going to do a little bit later, actually not very much later. We're going to let you listen to one sentence, the heading of the 12 blessings, the first blessing. Yes. And through your discrimination, it's good to tune into the energy behind the, this, this, uh, this voice. Yes. And you know, don't listen to what we say. Don't listen to what other people say. Listen to what you feel, what mm-hmm. you, you can um, experience. experience. And the more you can train yourself to discriminate for yourself, the much safer you will be on this what can be a rocky road and the new age. I think before we do that, it might be good to see with our, our small studio audience here Absolutely. if there are any questions about the qualifications of His Eminence or, or why he might have been chosen uh, to perform this extraordinary role as primary terrestrial mental channel. Does anybody have any questions at all about that? Anything like that? Perhaps, maybe they've all, have they, they may have all been uh, practicing know. for hundreds they, of lives. Well, no, I think they are possible. quite experienced. <laughs> um, I'd like to know why Dr. George King? Well, I, I think it's because, I think there are probably several reasons why Dr. George King, but one of them was what Brian was referring to, was his training. He did practice for ten years, for eight hours a day, advanced forms of yoga and I've done a bit of research and I haven't yet been able to find anybody else in the West who's even claimed to have done that Uh, and he was doing it just after the Second World War over here Uh, so it wasn't exactly a trendy thing to be doing it was a very strange thing for anyone to do in those days he did jobs at the same time he did whatever jobs were necessary he was including driving cars and other things Uh, But he focused himself so intently, he had outstanding abilities, and he threw a bridge over the stream, if you like, of his past lives. He was able to enter this elevated state of samadhi. So that's certainly one of the reasons he had this ability, which he really intensively worked to develop. Another aspect, uh, I believe, is the first freedom. And we know that to be bravery. Mm -hmm. And those who spent uh, time or followed... Dr. King's life knew that he was one of the bravest people uh, you're ever going to run into. And it took an immense amount of bravery to take transmissions by the Master Jesus in the 1950s in the West, in London, England, and then to have the guts, really, to push those teachings forward relentlessly. And he just did it year after year after year without worrying uh, unduly about response. And he mm-hmm. even had uh, several death threats uh, yes. during the taking of the Twelve Blessings. So that would be another aspect, is his tremendous bravery. Absolutely. And I, perhaps a third aspect would be that in 1958, when these were delivered, he was already primary terrestrial mental channel. He was already the agent, if you like, for the Cosmic Masters. And they knew that he would do the right thing with the Twelve Blessings once he'd received them mm. and trusted him, entrusted him, not only to take them, which was an incredible feat, but also to handle them correctly afterwards, which he has done ever since, up to this Absolutely. very day. Shall we push on? Let's push on. So, um, were you yep. trying to ask a question? I'm sorry, I beg your pardon. Was it safe for Dr King's body... Um, was it adversely affected by taking these recordings in a somatic state? 
That's a very interesting question, isn't it? Um, that is a good question. I, I think well, one, one short answer is no. It, it, it was not safe, and it certainly wasn't safe uh, taking transmissions in front of an audience. Now, granted, the 12 Blessings were taken under, I believe, a picked audience in this very hall yeah, here. Yeah, 53, weren't there? That's correct. Here, yeah. um, so it was a, you know, safer than some of the other transmissions he took. But any time you go into a, a, an advanced trance, which really you, you are raising the Kundalini to a very high center, and of course that does have inherent dangers every time you do that. And he did take big risks because he also, in this period, went on television in this country and entered Samadhi in front of lights and mm. cameras. And he admitted this was a very foolish thing to do and an extremely dangerous thing to do. And it, I think it illustrates perhaps the second freedom, following on from Brown, which mm. is his great love, which he had for humanity. And it's an extraordinary love and compassion that he had, which led him to do this. Now we're getting some questions, it seems. Some good questions, <laughs> yes. Why didn't the Master Jesus choose the church to give these um, blessings to? Uh, it's a very good question again. There's no question, first of all, that there was no one in the church who was able what, to what, what did them. you mean, the church? Was that, you meant the Orthodox? Is that, is that yes. the Church of England or the Catholic Church? Oh, or right. which, which church are um, we... I know we are in England here. But no, I, th I took it more broadly than just I England. Think, well, that just the Christian church. The Christian church. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we are on difficult ground. Mm -hmm. In the in the society, we, we don't publicly go out, really, and, and criticise other movements. Uh, but on, but we have, what has to be said, the Christian church as a whole has lost the mysticism of true mm -hmm. Christianity. And there was no one in it qualified, first of all, to take... These actual transmissions. Secondly, based on history, I'm sure they couldn't be trusted to put the teachings over in an unadulterated, clear form because that hasn't happened in the church. So I think there's two definite reasons I would throw. We, out. we were also uh, advised, I believe, by the Master Therius that the church leaders were approached in uh, the 50s, I believe, earlier than 1958, and uh, their approaches were. Um, I guess rejected, I suppose. Yes. The word, so. So those were approaches by the cosmic so, masters, weren't right. they? Right. Yeah. So who knows what that could have led to had it been accepted. But. Mm. Another interesting point. Two questions. Where did the master Sir George King come from, and where is he now? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's well, 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 yes. we're getting right down to it now. <laughs> Do you want to start? Or well, why, don't, uh, why don't you start? Well, he, he, he was English, and obviously there was a reason why he was born here. He was actually born in Shropshire, but was a Yorkshireman. He, he regarded himself as a Yorkshireman because he spent most of his childhood there, a lot of it there. His family moved around a lot. He had a, a very clairvoyant grandmother and a psychic mother, and he was introduced to spiritual concepts as a child, and even at the age of 10 was a healer. Uh, but he was always a searcher, and he took up this search, particularly after the Second World War, in, into yoga, into the practice of yoga. However, that doesn't really answer where he really came from, because, of course, he came from somewhere else before he was born. And in the Ethereum Society, those who are familiar with the Ethereum Society will know that we are believers that great avatars have come to Earth, and not just His Eminence of George King, but the Martyr Jesus, the Lord Buddha, Sri Krishna, and others 
who came from other planets from within this solar system. And uh, we certainly believe that he also was a cosmic avatar. But Brian will now tell us where he is now. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, that's a, that's a... Well, we, we don't know. We don't know. I certainly don't know where he is. But presumably, he would not be on the realms of Earth right now. Mm. That's what I, I would say. It's a fair assumption. We probably really ought to push, uh, yes. push on with yes. now. Once we open the bag, they started coming good. pretty yeah, it's very fast good. and very furious. Good. But I think... It's a good, a good time now to get people ready to listen to a relatively few seconds of the voice of the Master's Jesus as coming through Dr. King. And here he will proclaim the first blessing. And I think we ought to prepare our audience, uh, if I could ask you, arrange to do yes, that for us. Certainly. So I'm talking to the studio audience and all those of you listening now uh, through your, this podcast, if you'd like to... Be seated with the spine straight. Remove any rings or, or watches you're wearing, unless they be a special blessed item. And just make sure you're not too tense with your shoulders. So just loosen up the shoulders a little bit, relax the shoulders, relax the neck. Have the spine straight, and a hard back chair is ideal. And then place the palms facing downwards for a moment on the knees and stretch the fingers out. Close the mouth, unless you have any kind of nasal congestion, and breathe through the nose. And just for a moment, take a few very deep, long breaths in and out, deep and even. Come very still. The Master Jesus says during the Twelve Blessings, move ye not like restless animals. Become very still, breathe deeply, and then visualize a white light coming down from above the head, down through the head, the neck, the shoulders. And now just raise the hands so the palms are facing forwards, the elbows are bent, and let the white light flow down the arms and out through the palms as you tune in and listen to the Master Jesus delivering the heading of the first blessing. Blessed are they who work for peace. and place the palms on the knees again. Just continue to feel that energy as I read out the first two paragraphs, short paragraphs, describing who these ones are. In these times of unrest in your world, the workers for peace are indeed thrice blessed. For these ones by their toil, sacrifice their own bliss. By their interest in the suffering of their brothers, they sacrifice their peace. Blessed are these ones at this time. Isn't that beautiful? Do people feel the energy there? Especially in this holy hall where it was given. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. 
I think it might be a very good thing, actually, to move straight to the words of His Eminence now. That's another very good extract. Idea. Yes, let's do that. Um, of something that His Eminence said about some words in the first blessing. So, could we have the second extract from Dr. George King, please? In these times of unrest in your world, the workers for peace are indeed thrice blessed. Not even once blessed, but thrice blessed in this case. In other words, the three aspects of working for peace are thrice blessed. Three aspects in this case, of course, naturally are the creative, the preservative, and that which strikes a balance between the two. You know, there is a trinity in all things. There, is, there are the three sexes in all things. That which is neither sex or neither type of magnetism, that which is female magnetism or preservative magnetism, and that which is male magnetism or creative magnetism. That's why Jesus here says that the workers for peace are thrice blessed. I think that's very interesting. Uh, almost in a throwaway style, I've noticed with Dr. King, he explains very deep and profound mysticism. And it, those, for example, who know hermetic mysticism or, or alchemy will be familiar with this concept of thrice blessed and the concept of the positive pole, the negative pole, and neither. In the Nine Freedoms, uh, there is a book uh, I couldn't recommend to you strongly enough it's that combined with the 12 blessings will give you the deepest and the most profound understanding of life i believe that you'll find anywhere uh, in, in fact a quick plug is we actually have a series of podcasts on the nine freedoms we do yes we and do. people can they download can listen those. to those yes yeah yes. absolutely uh in the in the nine freedoms the giver of those freedoms the karmic lord mars sector six goes into a great change which is occurring in the new age that the concept used to be of creation preservation and transmigration and it has changed now that the three aspects are creation preservation and transmutation what what's the difference then between transmigration and transmutation with transmigration you have this idea of dissolving yourself from matter the old age idea if you like of of the maya, as they used to say in Hindu writings. It's all illusory. We detach from it and we find God within. But the New Age idea is one of... It's much more dynamic, much more active, one of transmutation, of taking matter and raising it through service, through action, onto a higher level. And it's a more complete teaching. And it's something that really requires deep meditation. In fact, we'll come back to that in the 12th. Podcast. Indeed. Indeed. Are there um, any questions at any point, or shall we move on to our next extract? We have a question. What is the purpose of a 12 blessing? What is the purpose, or was the purpose of the 12 blessings? Now that's a, mm. a very small question. I'll, I'll refer <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's interesting. We were told there is more than one reason for it. And if you remember at the beginning, I spoke about. The, the, the reason we were given of, of the sa saving England, Scotland and Wales, this piece of land here, uh, which was due to be devastated at the time. There was actually serious flooding at that time. 
And so that's one of the reasons, the energy that went out. But I think the deeper level, it, it's quite interesting because it is about sending out energy through the practice of the 12 blessings as well. You know, and talking about the workers for peace, who, who are the workers for peace and what really is peace and how do you bring peace? You know, you can get peace by people signing a treaty. But it doesn't mean that peace will last. It'll last if the people involved change. So I'm not getting away from your question, but the purpose, I think, or one of the major purposes of the Twelve Blessings, is to bring change through practising it, to bring change to this world. Every time anybody practises the Twelve Blessings, they change the world for the better, and they change themselves for the better too, because that's the law of karma. And so it's a path of spiritual evolution, perhaps one of the greatest paths we've ever been given for the individual to develop themselves. But that's a secondary reason. The main thing is service to others. You know, we were going to get into this at the end of this mm. um, podcast, but perhaps I could just touch upon it now. Sure. And when you do the 12 blessings, um, you're doing at least three things. And these are very important. The first thing is you're, you're sending energy to the focal point. Uh, in this case, it's the group soul of the workers for peace. So that's job one. Sending energy to these great, great beings or groups of beings that are helping the world. That's one. The second thing is, as you send energy to these beings, you then bring energy back from them to not only yourself, but as a representative to mankind, to all of mankind. So later on in the Twelve Blessings, when you say are sending energy to the great and mighty sun, then you are bringing this energy back from the sun through the karmic uh, rule of action and reaction back not only to yourself, but to civilization as a whole. And the third thing is in most of the blessings we have prayers. And the prayers after each blessing is directed towards mankind. So you're sending energy directly from yourself or from the group that you're taking part in the 12 blessings with, sending energy out to the people on earth that desperately, as we all know, need this energy. So that's another reason for doing the 12 blessings. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to read on a little bit now and then lead into the next extract we're going to hear from Dr. George King. This is another paragraph in the first blessing. Thrice blessed in the now and by now are these ones, for they have demonstrated unselfishness in the most definite and holy way. So could we please have our fourth extract? Thrice blessed in the now and by now. In the now, well, of course, there is no such thing as time. Time as we know it is, does exist to us. But to a highly advanced person like Jesus, who is above time, all things are happening in the now. If we are really to study occult things, and metaphysical things, we must come to the conclusion that in the now we are born, in the now we die. In the now the earth is born, and in the now the earth goes into supernova back into the sun again. It's all now, one great, all-pervasive time factor in the eyes of the Absolute. In the now means abstract time, 
All is happening in the now. But by now means by now in earth time. I think we're very lucky to have these commentaries oh. to really explain some of the deep philosophy here. Oh, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And, of course, the now is, is, a, is a fascinating concept. It's talked about in a Buddhist text, of course, um, and it is a very important concept, and it's, it's one which we certainly all can use in modern civilization because we're always thinking about tomorrow or yesterday. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's important to try and, and get your mind to live in the now, because the more that we can really live in the now properly, the more in tune we will be really to God, who, who is the great now. Absolutely. And talking about Buddhism, also in, in the Hindu philosophy, they have this idea of samskaras, which are mm. mind patterns or tape loops of mind thought, if you like which come from the past, things we've done. We all get into sort of habits and habits of thinking. And if we were able to get into the now, we'd be free from all these... Very important, that's right. Most, most illnesses and, and psychological problems and, and emotional upsets are caused by those, those mental loops. Mm. And so the more you can get into the now, uh, the better off we'll all be. Mm. And that, that's a good thing to, to use... Your regular, we hope, practice of the 12 blessings is when you come across these statements where the Master Jesus says in the now and by now, it might be a a little thing to remind yourself. If you're doing the 12 blessings and your mind is wandering at that point, what a great time to bring it back to the now. These are good little aids. Absolutely. And and it comes back actually to the state, the questions about Dr. King and and why he was chosen and his abilities. Because of course, where you do enter the now is when you enter a deep state of samadhi. And you really then do enter the now. Although he didn't use his state of samadhi mainly for that reason. He used it in service. But he was able to enter, as any great master was and is, the now. Now, it might be a good time to talk a little bit about, at this time, now, mm-hmm. talk, good, I thought, yeah. talk a, a little bit about exactly who are yes. the Workers for Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps uh, many people listening to this podcast uh, are having a wonderful time, but they're saying to themselves, who exactly are the Workers for Peace? Mm. Could you uh, Absolutely. I think, first of all, if we come back to the lines that Brian read just after the heading... There's a sentence, by their interest in the suffering of their brothers, they sacrifice their peace. And I think there's a lot in that little sentence. First of all, you can only sacrifice something you have experienced. So these are people who have experienced peace at some level, but they've sacrificed it by very definition. And this is a theme that actually comes back throughout the Twelve Blessings and elsewhere in the Ethereum Society teachings. For example, it it comes up at the end of a later blessing, after the seventh blessing, actually, where this is stated by the Master Jesus. O my adorable children, seek within, find peace, and then leave it, and then give it to those who have not found it, and you will be great, for you will be suffering, so that others may pick the fruits of wisdom. This is the true measure of the greatness of either man or God. Peace 
is not, as I mentioned earlier, a treaty. It's not a political negotiation, although we're all for political negotiations for peace, and uh, prayer energy should be sent to help those. That's a good point, because people do think these days that, that peace is merely the absence of war, yes. which, of course, is, is way, way more than that. Much more than that. And a lot of people will say they like peace, uh, by which, as Dr. King once memorably said, they like putting their feet up <laughs> on the television set with a glass of bourbon, which, and they don't like being disturbed. And that is not peace in the sense that the Master Jesus is referring to it. Peace is a state of whole being, and it's something which develops. It's something which will certainly come, actually, from practicing the, the 12 blessings. You will experience states of peace, and you will be amazed at the levels of peace. I, I've been amazed myself even in recent years, and I've been practicing the 12 blessings for decades, just what states of peace there are. And I'm a novice. Uh, please don't think I've entered a deep state. But I was just staggered to find parts of my being at peace that I didn't even know existed. Uh, so much so that, to be honest, I was quite worried about it. I thought, is this ever going to end? What's happening here? Uh, and it's uh, an incredible state. But, of course, it's interesting that unlike some, uh, I would have to say, so-called spiritual teachers, we are not encouraged by the Master Jesus or the pattern of his eminence, George King, to dwell permanently in peace. Someone who is, tells you they are always at peace is a selfish person, full stop. And there are some spiritual teachers who have great renown who will say that. Yes, we should find it, but then we should leave it. And then we should try and give it to others and try and help others to find it. And that is really the workers for peace, I think, are also people, whether they would think of themselves in this way or not, they may not think of themselves in this way, who are spiritually motivated individuals. Uh, because they are wanting to give to others and they're wanting to share this state of being, which peace is, in which war cannot exist, in which discord cannot exist, in which jealousy cannot exist. I mean, as the Master Jesus also says later on, first cometh the angel peace to make way for the goddess love. So it's a precursor to true love and compassion. Very well stated. I hope we aren't taking too much from our uh, next several podcasts, but there's another wonderful quote when we're talking about peace, because it, it does say in there, as, as you mentioned in your quote, because uh, then you'll be suffering, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so not to put people off, because some people might be kind of put off from that, but you see, doing the 12 blessings will bring on this wonderful uh, state Absolutely. of peace. And I'd like yes. to just read this one quote from the Master Jesus at the end of the ninth blessing, where he says, Bless your brothers, bless the Logos of your earth, bless the mighty solar Logos, and then bless the supreme lords of karma, and you will discover a satisfaction beyond all words. Act in my name in this way, and the reaction will be peace, and even something more, something greater than that. That's and a fascinating statement. One, wonderful statement. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's one thing I'd, I'd like to encourage people, especially when they go to the Holy Mountains, is to, after you've done your series of 12 blessings, take some time. Take, say, 15 minutes or a half an hour, ideally, and, and don't, don't talk and don't uh, uh, eat your lunch right away, but take a half an hour and go away quietly, silently, with yourself and tune in and I think that 
very often you will discover a level of peace that you had not previously felt. And uh, let's face it, that's, uh, that will help you help others. So it's not a selfish thing at all, but it's, it's a very good thing to try. I think that's an important point you make. It's not a selfish thing because mm-hmm. I think there are those people who are serving others who think they mustn't spend any time on themselves at all, and mm-hmm. one can take that too far as well. And it isn't a a wrong thing. In fact, you are encouraged throughout the 12 blessings. There are many references, actually, to finding peace and Mm. bathing in peace and experiencing peace. And this is necessary. I mean, the workers for peace are people who have found a degree of peace. Well, 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 likewise, um, people who are trying to bring peace to the world, um, it's important for them uh, to have peace within themselves. How can you bring peace to the world if, if you're unpeaceful in your own mind? Absolutely. Very difficult. And, of course, you, it's, it's a thing that even when we leave it in order to serve others and we get engaged in the suffering of others, and anyone who can look at the situation in certain parts of the world and mm. feel at complete peace is a strange person. But you know that it's there, though. You know that even though you've left it, that state of peace is there, and that's the difference from a truly unpeaceful person. Very important. That's true. I'd like to, if I may, touch on another aspect of the Twelve Blessings, which I, I had the pleasure of a dinner once with uh, Dr. King where he spent most of the dinner discussing this aspect of the Twelve Blessings, which we don't often talk about. And that is the fact that another level of it, it's not the main level, but it's a very interesting thing, is that these words are very poetic. There are many very interesting phrases in here which are highly poetic and inspiring in themselves. And I'd like to give an example of this from... The first blessing, this statement is made about those who work for peace. This strange world needs the guiding hands of these ones, and they give their hands to the strangers in the wilderness of materialism. Mm. And I think that's a beautiful, poetic phraseology. Mm. The strangers in the wilderness of materialism. It says it's so much better than just a straightforward description of, say, the human race who are lost or something. Mm. Um, because it says many things. These are strangers. Now, by definition, it tells us also something about the workers for peace, because it's telling us that those in the wilderness of materialism are strangers to the workers for peace. So the workers for peace are not materialistic people. There are materialistic people who want peace, because they want a peaceful life. They don't want war. That's a materialistic goal. But there are also those who want peace for spiritual reasons. And the workers for peace regard materialism as a wilderness. So it's, it's something, again, a little phrase like that, that one can contemplate on. And the beautiful words that Master Jesus chose there, the strangers in the wilderness of materialism. That's a very, very good, good point. And it's a wonderful um, sentence to contemplate or to use, say, if you're expecting a difficult day, you can read that statement and think about it before you go to work in the morning, mm. and it might help you help the strangers in the wilderness. Yes. Not, not be frustrated so much and, and see it as a, as, a, as a war out there, mm. which it can be. Mm. But if you think of it in that way, it might um, help you help those who you find. Yes, and I think it tells us that they, the workers for peace and those on the spiritual path are in the world, mm. but not of it. And, you know, we are encouraged to be in the world. We are encouraged not nowadays to break away 
and just try and find our own peace, but to be in the world with those strangers in the wilderness. It reminds you of the concept of Maya. You know, you, yes. it's, it's all there. You have, to, uh, you have to live in it, but you don't have to be consumed by it or distracted by it. Absolutely. I think we should probably ask if there are, if there are any more questions uh, before we move on to our... And we have a question here. No, no questions? Yeah, um, you've actually preempted my question to a certain degree in the explanation you've given. Um, but it's just to seek a bit more clarification and opinion. Because I've always wondered when I was doing the practices, who are the works for peace? You, and you think of like the whole gamut um, from Red Cross workers to United Nations people to the politicians, and I think those people are included. But would you say that, you know, from what you say, it's much, much wider than that as well. It can go from each one of us who is seeking to resolve internally and reach that kind of peaceful state within us so we can include that in a visualisation. And it goes all the way through to maybe people in non-physical form as well who are working to try and resolve all these issues. It can go from personal all the way through to kind of global. So it's a huge um, spectrum I think that's very, very well put, actually. Uh, And I think the key word that comes out to me from listening to what you just said is unlimited. You know, or as Marcel said, said, be ye not limited. I I mean, one, I mean, we've mentioned earlier those who, or I mentioned those who want peace for purely materialistic reasons, but it doesn't mean that also in those people there isn't a spiritual desire as well. And, you know, I think this is unlimited. It's not saying, well, you are a worker and you aren't. You might be a worker now. You, you might suddenly become a worker for peace. You might have a politician, and we've seen a few in history, who've started out as hardened members of some right or left-wing faction, and yet under certain conditions and with certain inspiration at work and people doing the 12 blessings have suddenly wanted peace. They've just wanted it for people. They're a compassionate side, and they have changed, and they have negotiated, and they have pulled off something positive. So everyone must be capable, potentially, of being a worker for peace. That's a very interesting yes. point. Is that, is that a New York accent I picked up from... That's uh, not quite New York. Oh, you, you should know. No, no, it's a bit closer to home than that. Up above the borders. Scottish. Oh. As we're saying, in this studio audience, we also have our organiser from Lisbon, in Portugal, we also have a prominent member from South Africa, as well as we have people here from Fulham in London. <laughs> no. Yes, yes, and other parts. Yes. Uh, well, it's, it's a very, it's, it's very nice to be here with, with such a, a wide variety of members and organisers of the Ethereum Society. It's quite a privilege. It's lovely to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we um, move on to our our last extract? And this is Dr. King explaining a little bit more in detail of how the 12 blessings work. So let's, uh, let's listen to that. The 12 blessings starts like this. The first blessing, blessed are they who work for peace. We have here a Mrs. or Mr. A. They read out the blessing. They visualize a white light leaving themselves 
to they who work for peace, wherever they may be, all over the world. They don't know who they are. They don't need to know them by name. They don't even need to know what country they're in. But they go, it, visualize it going out from themselves to they who work for peace. And what happens? By the law which is God, not made by God, by the law which is God, that stream of vibrant energy must go forward to they who work for peace. And what happens? That is the action. Where's the reaction? The reaction is this, that a stream of energy must be returned from the... Now, this is a little more difficult, but I want to get it over. From the group soul or hierarchy which helps or governs they who work for peace. You know that if you join any organization at all, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, that organization has a life, it is a being. It's not just a collection of buildings, it's a being. And you then become, shall we say, affected by the whole aura and vibrations of that being. If you join a church, any type of a church, you join a certain type of, of being or hierarchy, as it were. Everything is alive. Nothing is dead. There's life in the plastic of that material, just as much life as there is in the orange juice and olive oil in that material. Only the life is in a different form, but it's still the same life in the plastic as in the orange and olive oil. Let us never forget these things. It's still the life, same life, in the blood in my veins as it is in the blood in the veins of a red Chinese or a fish. It's the same life, the same life. The difference is uh, that it's expressing itself in different ways. In one time it expresses itself as an Ampex tape recorder. Yeah. And another time it expresses itself as the Empire State Building or Mrs. Smith. The same life. In thousands and thousands of different expressions. Why? In order to gain experience. Why? So that life may go back to its divine source, which is God. A wonderful extract. Fabulous. Fabulous. You know, he, he talks, of course, about the group soul, which, which is a very key point in understanding certainly the first six uh, blessings. But I think it's also good to pause after that extract and think a little bit about our, our, our life. You know, when you're at a job, you're at a group soul of that, of that company. Uh, when you're in a church, you're part of the group soul of the church. When you're in a, a family, you have a group soul of the family. And I think we who choose to be um, disciples of the Master Jesus in this case by performing the Twelve Blessings, and, and really, really we are disciples when we are doing the Twelve Blessings, we should be metaphysical uh, where possible in our life. And so if you're in a family, or if you're in a, a job, or if you're in a church, if you're in, the, say, a, a group of the Ethereum Society, then you're, you're part of that group soul. And do everything that you can to raise 
the vibration of that group soul. Don't bring it down, but raise the vibration. And it's so easy to, uh, to criticize and to not be happy with the way things are being run in your family or in your organization or in your job. And, of course, there's always normally avenues to try and correct that. But always be the metaphysician and remember that you are part of that group soul and raise the vibration. I think that's a real, real important thing for us to really remember and be metaphysical uh, throughout Absolutely. our life, if possible. Absolutely. Uh, this also, of course, describes clearly what I mentioned a bit earlier in the podcast of the fact that there are at least three aspects when you're doing the blessing. And so it is is important, and our master, uh, Dr. King, did mention a few occasions that once you do the heading, for in this case, blessed are they who work for peace, is good to pause uh, and he's mentioned it at least one place between 30 seconds and as long as two minutes so that you can really focus on sending that stream of love and light and feeling and energy to that group soul or that entity that, that you're sending the energy to because that is an important aspect. The prayer afterwards does not go to that group soul. The, the prayer afterwards will go to generally the people on earth. So you want to make sure you get some powerful energy flowing to that group soul. Absolutely, yes. And I think that would be probably a very good thing for us all to do right now. I think that's probably a very good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like the now. (laughs) Well, uh, if if I could start it and do do the, um, the heading... And then the pause, mm-hmm. and then I pass it over to sure. your good self Thank to you. lead us in the prayer. Be happy to do so. Well, let's all prepare ourselves. Let's all again close our eyes. Just go within and bring into your mind as much of an aspect of peace as we can. Slow the breathing, which tends to slow the mental activity. Try to stop thinking about yesterday or tomorrow and think about the now. Think about peace. Then think for a moment about they who work for peace and realize how difficult a job they have in these days upon earth and really want to send them your help, to send them some power and some love and some energy to help them in their most essential and difficult task in these days. So let's all now raise our hands and just feel a white light in the palms of the hands and the heart center and send this outwards. Blessed are they who work for peace.
almighty Father, of all creation, let your light flow through this world now. Let it shine into the hearts and minds of men now, so that all may look within and see the glory of thine everlasting being. O Spirit of Spirits, let your love flow through the hearts and minds of man now, so that he may look within and see the great and wondrous glory of his divine heritage. So endeth the first podcast, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Thank you for your kind attention. We sincerely hope you enjoyed this podcast. For further information on these podcasts or the Ethereum Society in general, please visit us on the web at www.ethereus.org.